Welcome everyone. Anyone have any questions, clarifications before we begin? Great. So these classes uh, we're conducting, besides giving us knowledge of the higher, what else does it help us to do? Any ideas? What does it help us to do? Should help no us. Means, should be help us to be happier, less agitated, more. Um, constructive in the way we conduct ourselves. Absolutely. Um, how does it help you make be, be more happier? You don't put your happiness in other people's hands or have expectations. Okay, yeah, that's one thing. Anybody else? So don't, don't rely on Sharmila to make you happy. <laughs> rely on yourself. Deepa. Also, it helps us to uh, reduce our desires. Helps to reduce the desires, yes, absolutely. Yeah, Nikisha? Uh, gratitude. Gratitude. Be grateful for everything we've received. What else, Kel? Um, I feel also it's given us the understanding of where we fit in the bigger picture, because uh, without this knowledge, like I told now, you just realize, you, like you just think we on earth and this is how things work, but now you understand there's so much more and where do we fit in with that, within that picture? Absolutely, absolutely. You're right, I mean, what it does is helps us to rise above these mundane issues we have in our life. All these little things that create problems for us. He said, she said, this person did this to me. Unnecessary arguments helps you rise above it because, as Kevil said, there's more to life. It's not just this existence. Helps rise above our likes and dislikes. Gives you understanding, knowledge to help you rise above that. So when you understand this knowledge, you apply this knowledge in your life, it creates harmony, not only within us, but also all around us. It creates peace, harmony, love with all our families, friends, partners. It helps us to take control of our life enjoy our life more rather than get pulled down by silly things. We have an understanding how the world behaves. We have an understanding everyone is acting based on their nature, their vasanas, they can't help themselves. 
We have an understanding, everything, everyone is going through ups and downs. They're all going up, ups and downs helplessly based on their cause and effect, which is what we're going to discuss today in class, actually, cause and effect. We become more accepting of everything, everyone around us, our children, our partners, our work colleagues. Most of all, it gives us conviction. I must focus on my own life, develop myself, get to the goal. That is my objective as a human being. Yeah, this is a nutshell of how this knowledge should help you. So really, you think about it, without this knowledge, this life you, uh, we are living is like being in an ocean with a, without a rudder, being in a boat without a rudder. We don't know where we're going, which direction we're going, nothing. Big wave comes, we're affected. Little wave comes, we're not affected. So this is how we're conducting our life. But with this knowledge, we can steer across the ocean to the other side without any affection, without being affected. Any questions? Make sense? Yeah? Does everyone agree? Great. So today's class, we're starting this chapter, Law of Causation. So chapter 17, Law of Causation. Get into the depth of this knowledge now. The next few chapters, you really have to put your thinking caps on. It's going to take you deep, deep, deep. So what is this law of causation? We're going to understand how this world functions, how we function in more detail. What is this world made of? What is this world made of? Yeah, uh, Deepa? Pair of opposites. Pair so. of opposites, yeah. What else? Jennifer? Say it's, it's Maya, like it's the delusion, isn't it? Maya, yeah. You've moved ahead a few chapters. Different laws. This world is made of laws, different kind of laws. We're going to explore these laws. Without these laws, this world wouldn't exist. It's an expression of different laws of nature, all different laws, chemical, biological, physiological. And all these laws have a cause and effect relationship. Don't worry too much about that term. We're going to go into detail today. Cause and effect relationship. This is the world. What are these laws we're going to discover? Meghna, can you read the first paragraph? The supreme law. The universe is an expression of innumerable laws of nature. They are physical, chemical, biological, psychological, philosophical, and several other laws. These are all impeccable, infallible, 
each having a cause-effect relationship. A cause for an effect and an effect for a cause. The meticulous functioning of the countless laws is the law of causation. They seem to bow in obeisance to some mysterious controller, governor. That unknown, unseen governor is indicated as Brahman, the supreme god. The infinite power that holds the laws together. Acting like a monarch whom obedient subjects pay homage. The English poet John Milton puts this idea across succinctly in his sonnet on his blindness. His state is kingly, thousands at his bidding speed, and post over land and the ocean without rest. This is what the world is made of, all these different laws, and they all have a relationship. Example. Two molecules of oxygen with one molecule of hydrogen makes water. It's a law. Doesn't make anything else. It makes water. It works meticulously. We just turn the tap on, we get water. We drink it, keeps us alive. Imagine if this didn't happen. Winter follows autumn, which follows summer, which follows spring. This happens every year. Gravity is set to 32. Is it, uh, what's the terminology? 32 MPS, meters per second. That's a law. Water boils at 100 degrees. That's a law. It doesn't boil at 105 or 95, it boils at 100 degrees. It's a law. So what it's saying is these laws are perfect, immaculate. These laws are fixed. We don't need to worry about them. They're set. So in this country, for example, or in any country, there are laws we have to live by. Who maintains these laws in the country here? Who maintains the laws? Who maintains the laws? Yeah, Dharmesh? The government, the police. The government maintains these laws for this country. They don't maintain themselves. If the government did not maintain these laws, there'd be chaos in this country. Yeah, you all agree? So there's millions of laws that function perfectly in the world around us. Like the government, there is a similar higher power, a lawgiver. Someone who is controlling, maintaining these laws to function. And we don't know who it is. So we call this controller, this entity, the ordained, or the common name given is G-O-D, God. He's the maintainer of these laws that function in this world. Someone has to do it. So he's saying all these laws seem to bow down to some higher entity. As John Milton, he puts in his poem, the state is kingly, thousands at his bidding speed, post though land and ocean without rest, the whole universe bows down to these laws. This lawgiver, God, 
Make sense? Does that, everyone understand? So we have to be in gratitude to whoever's creating these laws, maintaining these laws. And we're going into more detail. Any questions at this stage? Okay, let's go and paragraph two. The phenomenon of this world is therefore an endless expression of cause and effect. The incessant play of the law of causation, which has been functioning from the very beginning. A coconut seed always produced a coconut tree and a coconut tree produced a coconut seed. A chicken produced an egg and an egg a chicken. Where there is no cause and effect, there is no world. This is the cause and effect relationship. We take it for granted, we see it everywhere around us, but we take it for granted. Apple has seeds, you plant the seed, what do you get? You get an apple tree. From the tree, you get another apple. Once again, you get seeds in the apple. You plant, get more apple trees. Cause is seed, effect is tree. I'm breaking it down, what cause and effect means. Cause is seed, effect is tree. Effect is tree, cause is seed. It's a continuous cycle. Does everyone understand that example? Can you imagine the power in that one seed? That one apple seed, can you imagine the power? You can get thousands of apple trees from that one seed, if you think about it. How is that possible? Tiny little thing. How can you have so much power? Who created that seed? Who created the first seed? See, we just pick the apple and eat it without thinking. But can you imagine who created that seed that can do that? It's unimaginable, the power. Where did that power come from? Isn't it amazing? Anyone disagree? Next time you won't see an apple in the same way, how much that power is in that apple. Mango tree produces a mango. Apple tree produces an apple. Apple tree does not produce a coconut. It works meticulously. Chicken produces an egg, which produces a chicken. It's a law. It doesn't, from the egg, you can't get anything else. This is the world. Cause and effect. These laws make up the world. Everyone clear on that? Dimple? Make sense? So, this world, if you wanted to describe it, you can say the world is a never-ending expression of cause and effect. What is this world? An expression of cause and effect. This world functions on the law of causation, which means cause and effect. And this has been going on from beginning of time. 
If there was no cause and effect, there would be no world. This is the meaning of cause and effect, law of causation. Any questions? See, all these miracles are happening around us, but we're we're not we're not tuned to it. We're not tuned to it. And it is a miracle. Who's who's doing it? We just take it for granted. This higher lawgiver, this ordainer. Brahman, God, is responsible. To whom we pay gratitude and bow down to. The whole universe bows down to this lawgiver. Any questions? This is the world. Any questions? Any clarifications? Shashi, any clarifications? Is it clear? It's, it's, it's important that you understand before we move on. Okay. So these laws apply to the universe, to the world, but these laws apply to us as well. How does it apply to us? Any idea? Yeah, Dharmesh? Desires are cause yeah. and effects are what we make of them. We're no different from, we're part of this world. So these laws apply to us as well. Okay, we're going to find out. Meghna. The law of causation, the law of causation governing the macrocosm applies equally to the microcosm. Every One minute. Macrocosm is the world. Microcosm is us, yeah? We're all part of this world. So we are the microcosm, just for clarification. And the macrocosm meaning the whole world, yeah? Okay, sorry, Magna. Every human being is subject to this law. It operates at the physical, mental, and intellectual levels. If the physical body has gone through a proper discipline of yoga and exercise, it would presently be hale and healthy. If the body has had no proper physical training, been sensually indulgent, it would be pale and sickly. Similarly, the flow of thoughts and emotions towards the positive or negative would determine the nature of the present inner personality. So what you are now is a result of what you have been doing in the past, dating back from this moment. And what you would be in the future would depend upon what you do from this moment. It is an irrefragable law. This is the law. This law of causation, cause and effect, applies to us, the human being as well. We are all governed by these laws. Physically, mentally, intellectually. And he gave an example. For example, if you have been exercising regularly, eating well, you'd be fit right now, isn't it? Cause and effect. If you weren't taking care of yourself, you wouldn't be fit and healthy. You may even be sick. That's at the physical level. Mentally, depending on your thoughts, your emotions, if it's positive or negative, 
that would result in your inner personality. Good thoughts, unselfish thoughts would result in a positive personality. If you have negative thoughts, selfish, how to cheat people, thinking badly about people, you'll have a negative personality. Cause the thoughts affect your personality. So right now, your present inner personality, who you are now, would depend on the types of thoughts and emotions you have entertained in the past until this present moment. Your inner personality would depend on the types of thoughts and emotions you have entertained in the past until this present moment. You are a product of what you have done to this point in your life, cause and effect. Does everyone understand that? It's, it's, it's some, you have to think about these things before you, it really penetrates and you have an understanding. Does everyone understand that? You are the product of your past. At this moment in time, at 10.55 a.m., you are the product of your past. So what can you do to change that? If you don't like what you are right now, you don't like your personality right now, what can you do to change it? Yeah, Magna. You can only change your thoughts and your output from now forward. Absolutely. If you don't like the person you are right now, you have to change your thoughts. Don't hang around with negative people. Hang around with positive people. Don't entertain negative things. Negative stimulus. All this happened. All this has an effect on your personality. Okay, well, make sense. So, your body, your mind, your intellect, your physical personality is affected by the cause and effect relationship. What isn't affected by the cause and effect relationship? Anybody? Dermesh? The self? The self. That is not affected by cause and effect. It's not affected by the world. Any idea why not? Yeah, Dermesh. The self is the God element. It doesn't interact. It's above the laws. Affected by any of the laws. Acts like a witness. Whatever you want to do, however you want to do it, it acts like a witness. Doesn't tell you what to do, doesn't tell you how to do it, nothing. Migna, can you read the next paragraph, please? The, the above law has no sway over the supreme self. It can only mean it can only control the material equipments, affect your physical, mental, and intellectual personalities, and not the self within. 
Your real self is above the law of causation. It is not subjected to cause and effect. You must therefore leave the precincts of your body, mind and intellect and get to your divine center. Be yourself. You will then govern the world instead of the world governing you. Rise to the body, mind, intellect, not the self within. Self is above the law. So if you don't want to be affected by these things, by these laws of cause and effect, what should you do? What should you do if you don't want to be affected by world, the positive, the negative? Yeah, Megna. You have to detach yourself from those worldly things. Mm -hmm. How? By changing your desires, essentially, to think of something higher, so those fall away. What isn't affected by the by this cause and effect? What did we say is not affected by this cause and effect, Megna? The self. The self. So right now you're affected because your focus is? Outward to the world. You don't want to be affected by it. Where does your focus need to go to? Inward. To, to the? To the self. Because the self isn't affected. Hence, when we study these spiritual scriptures, we learn about the self. The more we learn about the self, the more we identify with the self, the less we're affected in the world. You know, in the beginning, in the introduction, I said, this knowledge helps us to rise above the mundane. It helps us rise above all these petty things. Why and how does it do that? Because of your identification with the self. The more you identify, the less you're affected. Because the self isn't affected. So you read about the... Sorry. Oops, I forgot to turn that off today. If you read about um, these self-realized souls, they're in the world. They're not affected. Nothing affects them. They're one pair of clothes, no money, wandering around, completely happy. Why? 100% identification of the self. So that's what this spiritual knowledge does. It creates that identification with the self. And that's why you rise above these petty things. That's why you feel more happy and content. Does that make sense? Any questions? You no longer identify with your body, mind, intellect. I am not this person, I am the self. Nothing affects you then. It's a very deep thought. You have to think about it. But logically, it makes sense. Any clarifications? You're all in deep thought. <laughs> I can see all of you. <laughs> okay, Magna, thanks. 
The law of causation governing humanity falls under two categories. They are known as the law of destiny and the law of karma. The law of destiny deals with your past and present status, whereas the law of karma covers your past, present and future. It covers the law of destiny and goes beyond into the future to explain your life in its entirety. Study it on its own merits. Examine the logic and reason that supports it. By a thorough grasp of the immaculate functioning of the law, you can steer your personality to the highest order of life. Law of destiny and law of karma. We're going to be studying these, by the way. The law of destiny deals with your past and present status. The law of karma covers your past, present and future. So these are the two laws that make up the law of causation that governs human beings. Law of destiny and law of karma. So the law of destiny deals with the past and present, which is what we're covering right now. Law of karma deals with past, present and future. It can explain a whole person's life. If we study and understand these laws, we can raise our personality to the highest level. We're going to go into more detail. It's just the introduction, law of destiny. So you are a product of your past, law of destiny. Let's go into it more detail. Ravi, paragraph one of law of destiny. Law of destiny. The constitution of each human being is a commutative effect of his past thoughts, desires and actions. His past activities are the cause. His present personality is the effect. The effect is called destiny. Your destiny at any time is therefore the result of your past. Your past activities are fate accomplished. You have no control over what you have accomplished earlier. You cannot alter them now. You will have to face the results set by those causes. Hence, your present destiny is fixed. You naturally become a victim of your own past activities. If you have had a proper course of education, you would be illiterate now. If not, you have neglected your study and learning, you would be an illiterate. Likewise, if you had gone through a proper course of spiritual discipline, you would command success and peace in your life. If, however, you had chosen a material and sensual life, you would be mentally agitated and sorrowful. You reap what you sow. This is the law of destiny. So what it's saying is that we're made up, as we said earlier today, we are made up of the combined effects of our past thoughts, our desires and actions. These are the cause, those past desires, thoughts and actions, and our present state is the effect. So we're all a victim of our past, of our past actions. 
our past activities right now, today, we are a product of the past and there's nothing we can do about it because we can't change the past. You can't change what you've said, what you've done, how you've behaved in the past. The cause we put in the past, the effect we are experiencing today, our fate, our destiny, this is the law of destiny. Gave an example, if you studied when you were young, you can then read and write, be literate right now. If you didn't, then you'd be illiterate, cause and effect. Right now, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to read and write. That's your destiny. If you're living your life by the scriptures, following the Gita, right now you'd be peaceful and content in your life. One reaps what one sows. This is the law of destiny. Does everyone understand this law of destiny? Any clarifications? You are a product of your past actions and you can't change that. You can't undo what you've already done. People are not aware of this law. What do people think? God did this. I am because of God in this situation. There's no um, responsibility for their own actions. You can't blame it on God. Whatever actions you've put in, you have to deal with them now. Next paragraph, please. People are not aware of this imposing law of nature. In their ignorance, they believe destiny is something which is predetermined. Some accept it as a plan of ordained by God. Others presume it is a play of stars and planets. Yet others hold it as a stratagem of luck and accident. These are all preposterous presumptions. People who don't know this law of destiny, they think the destiny is pre-planned, made by God. These are all wrong ideas. Sometimes something happens to us, we don't know why it's happening, what the cause is. So we say it's bad luck or an accident. My stars are not aligned or something. There's no such thing. Cause and effect. No one can tell the future either because you haven't put the action in yet. It's very logical. Don't much share the question. You said that, but desires came from somewhere and God made the desires in the beginning. So he, he gave us the cause. And wait, the till we finish, wait till we finish this topic and then ask me the same question. Okay. Cause and effect. We put in the actions, you deal with the effect. You say something bad to your partner, you deal with the effect. 
You say something nice to your partner, you deal with the results of that. I'm just trying to explain it in simple terms so we all understand it. Yeah, does everyone understand? Law of destiny. It's not to God. God has nothing to do with our destiny. Even though it is because of him we're able to think, desire, and act. God is not responsible for the kind of thoughts, emotions, and desires we choose to entertain. We're responsible for our character. We're responsible for our life. Can't blame someone else for it. See, Damesh, you have desires. Who has control over those desires? Who has control over that? A desire comes up in your manifest now. You have a choice to act on it or not. You have a choice. There's a choice of will. Correct? So who's in control, even if, when the desire pops up? The desire pops up for you in your class this morning. I'm not going to go to class, listen to class this morning. I'm going to have a lie-in. These classes are too much for me first thing in the morning. Desire pops up. It's up to you. Turn over and sleep for another hour or get up and come to class. You're in control over that action. You can't say God made me stay in bed. God is not responsible for the kind of thoughts, emotions and desires we choose to entertain. Vasanas manifest as thoughts, manifest as desires, manifest as actions. You have a choice to act on your desire or not, depending on your goal and strength of intellect to control the mind. That is down to you. If it's all fixed, then why go to college and university to study? Don't need to do anything. It's all fixed. God will look after me. I don't need to do anything. It's all written. See, people, they want to know their future. They go to astrologer, palmist. How can they tell you the future? You haven't put the action in yet. You have a choice of action. So therefore, your life is in your hands, not in God's hands. Can you read the next paragraph, please? Destiny is ruled by a scientific law relating to cause and effect. You are the creator of your destiny. There is no astronomer's power controlling your life, no God shaping your destiny. 
God has nothing to do with the type of thought, desire, and action emanating from you. It does not determine their nature. No doubt God is the supreme power which enables you to think, desire, and act. But the quality of your activities entirely your making. You are the architect of your life. You are responsible for its positive or negative character. You make or mar yourself. Their question. Desire comes up, it's up to you to act or not. So you can't say, God made me kill someone. When the desire comes up, you, it's up to you if you want to act on it or not. You have free will. Any questions? So we wrongly believe God is responsible for everything. He is responsible, but not the way we think he's responsible. Spiritually uneducated believe God has designed the world. He has done everything. No doubt he has. He is responsible for all human life. He is not which direction that life goes. Something happens, good or bad, to us. Some say it was God's wish that this happened. You can't blame God for that. When something good happens, you say, actually, I did it. When something bad happens, you say, yeah, it was God's will. We want to take credit when it's good, but when it's bad, we want to don't take credit. Don't give us take responsibility. Yeah, God made me do it. As I said, if you choose to do something negative, you can't then blame it on God. You have act of free will. You're not a puppet. God isn't there controlling you. He's given you free will. That's that's the state of a human being. Animals don't have that. So there's two schools of thoughts. One, one group of people believe it's all in God's hand. No matter what I do, God controls my life. Yeah, there's one group of people, group of people thinking this way. And then there's the atheists. They believe that the human beings themselves are responsible for their own lives. There is no God. Whatever we do, we do with our own free will. So these are the two schools of thoughts. Yeah, God is responsible for everything. And the second is that human being is responsible for everything. So Vedanta has a different way of explaining it. Vedanta says, God has created this world and us the human being. He enlivens us. He enables us to act. Just like petrol enlivens a car to move. You all agree. The self within us, the spirit enlivens us. Without the self, the spirit, we wouldn't be alive. Just like a petrol car cannot move without petrol. Enlivens the car. But the car's movement is determined by the size of the engine. 
as to how slow or fast the car goes. It depends on the size of the engine. It depends on the driver, how he drives the car, where he drives it to. It's not up to the petrol. Petrol doesn't say, I want to go here. Petrol doesn't say drive 50 miles an hour or 10 miles an hour. It's up to the driver. Similarly, God has given us a mind, an intellect, a body, and the free will to determine our own life. It is up to us. That's how God operates in us. So to blame God is silly. Next paragraph. Any questions, by the way? Does everyone understand what the role of God is in our life? Okay, next question. Spiritual ignoramuses believe that God does everything, that whatever happens, happens with the will of God, that God has created the world and determined the course of each one's life therein. And consider a human being a victim of God's determination. They do not believe that he has any part to play in molding his life, whereas the atheists aver that a human being is wholly responsible for whatever happens in life. That human effort is everything, and there is nothing else to it. Vedanta resolves the difference in, these, in their points of view. God is, no doubt, the, substra the substratum, prime mover of all activities. As petrol is the movement of all cars, but petrol does not determine the mode and course of their motion. It is the engine that provides the power in the car. The driver determines its direction, course, and similarly, the human mind and intellect determine the nature and direction of activities, and they in turn fabricate his destiny, not God. So you can't blame God for anything. The same consciousness, the same spirit, that God element is in the saint, and the same consciousness, God element is in the terrorist or the sinner. It's the same consciousness, just like. It's the same petrol in a car that gets into an accident. And it's the same petrol in an ambulance that saves his life and takes him to the hospital. The petrol is the same. So this God consciousness is the same in good and bad people. It's up to the individual how they want to conduct their life. Good, bad, right, wrong. People think God is sitting up there doing good for some and bad for others. Not true. Any questions? Yeah, Damesh. So we say we have desires. If you have a, a very strong desire, do you have to fulfill it? You're Depends. compelled to fulfill it, aren't you? If you have a very strong desire, you're propelled to fulfill it, aren't you? That strength of desire, um, it's up to you if you're able to control that desire or not. And that would depend on your intellect. That's why we say 
develop the intellect. So you're able to control those desires. See, your desires for the world. We're learning about desire for the higher, the spirit, to change your focus. Now, if your desire for the world is really strong and your intellect is weak, then you will have to fulfill that desire. But then that desire has been put or came from somewhere, isn't it? Came from your past actions. Yeah. But the first desire came from somewhere. Let me up. give you an example. Go ahead, Damesh. Adam and Eve. Yeah. Created by God. God said, do whatever you want. Doesn't matter. But this apple tree, do not eat the apple from this tree. Yeah. God gave that instructions. What made Adam and Eve eat that apple? The snake. The desire to eat that apple, even though it was wrong. That desire to eat that apple is free will. God told them not to eat it. But their desire was uncontrollable. Free will, they ate the apple. So this is exactly what you're asking. I have desires. God created my desires. Therefore, God is responsible. This is what you're saying. He's not responsible because you have free will. To act on that desire or not. You with me, Ganesh? You have free will to act on that desire or not. Hmm? And this is exactly what we're talking about. Here, you, you hit the nail on the head. It is your destiny, your past actions, what desires you fulfill that brought you to this level. No one told you to fulfill that desire besides yourself. And this is exactly what we've just said in this paragraph. People believe wrongly that God is responsible. He hasn't got time to deal with everyone's desire. He hasn't got time for that. He's given you that intellect, that mind to deal with your own life. It's up to you how you conduct it. You, you understand, Dhammesh? Does that, does that make it clear? It does, but under the terms cause and effect, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. the cause has been put in from somewhere. Yeah. And the effect is us deciding what we do with it. Yeah. If you decided wrongly to act on a negative desire, then this is the effect. You decided positively, I want to come to these classes. This is the effect, you're in this class. Yeah. Some people decided not to attend these classes. That is the effect, they're not here. So that free will is your decision. You understand? That free will is your decision. Does everyone understand what Dermesh is asking? There's a slight uh, mix-up, confusion. Understand one thing, you're responsible for your life. You're responsible if you wanna act on your desire or not, not God. This is what we're saying. Yeah, dimple. So, um, that, so when you, when you go to church, they um, they say lead us not to temptation. So the world throws temptation at you, whether you act upon it or not is up to you. So there's lots of temptation in the world, in the TV, social media. Whether you react or take it on board. It's entirely up to you. Is that right? 
So if you don't react to it, then that that will go. Absolutely. So don't give in to the temptation, because that that's been put there through the through the world throwing it at you, and whether you take it on board or not, it's entirely up to it's your choice, right? Absolutely. This is what we're saying. You're responsible for your life by the choices you make. You can't give that responsibility to anyone else. Any other clarifications? So you're responsible. So take control of your actions. This is what they're saying. And this is where the intellect comes in. That controls the mind. So if the intellect is strong enough, then you're more in control of over fulfilling that certain desires or not. Last paragraph. The responsibility of your life, therefore, lies in your hands. Entertain positive thought and feeling. Perform positive action. You meet with fortune. Whereas with negative thought, feeling and action, you bring about misfortune upon yourself. You mold your destiny. You get what you deserve. It is an unfailing law. Richard Chenovic's trench puts this across beautifully. A stone that is fit for the wall is not left in the way. So in the future, next year, we don't know what is going to happen. You're responsible for your own life. You're not... What will happen next year, it depends on what you do now. The definition of future, does anyone know the definition of future? Benita, did you have a question? So is this what law of attraction kind of makes sense? Is that what this defines what people think that what your thoughts are become what your you desires. Your desires. Yeah. It is basically the law of attraction, isn't it? Really, or no? Call it law of attraction if you whatever wish. You yes. call it, yeah, whatever you want to call it. Okay. So the future, the definition of future is the continuation of the past, modified in the present, that reflects the future. So what you do right now reflects the future. What action you do right now reflects the future. Today onwards, that is your future. Positive thoughts and actions brings us fortune. Negative thoughts and actions brings us misfortune. So to sum it up, the law of destiny is like your bank balance. Whatever money you have saved up or spent is your present state of balance in your bank. Whatever you spend in the past and save is your bank balance today. Whatever you save up from now on will be your future. So it's up to you if you save or you spend. That would project your future. So in our lives, whatever we do from now, this moment, it would result in our future. This is the law of karma which we will cover in the next class. Law of karma, the future. So 
From today's class, we should understand the present, our destiny, is made up of what we did in the past. Now, how we change the future is up to us, which is what we're going to discuss in the next class. Any questions? Yeah, Meghna. Um, just going back to the point that you made where God, or when we're reading, God isn't responsible for the things that happen and their sort of effects of your choices and um, thoughts. If, for example, because obviously some, if something bad happens to someone out of the blue, and then a lot of the time people sort of blame God for those things happening, um, if we now know that that's not the case, then, for example, if you were like walking down the street and then you got, I don't know, say hit by a car um, or something like that, if or isn't that is that then the choice and action of another person? Is that their cause and effect that has like involved you indirectly, or is that still your cause and effect? Your effect because of whatever actions you've done in the past. That person's effect has has hit you based on their past actions. They may not correlate for the two people, but whatever happens to you is because of your past actions. And you've got to remember, not necessarily only in this lifetime, your past lives as well, right now, this present moment, is the result of all your past lives, of all your desires. Not only what you did last week or last year, And you have to accept that. But we can change it. We can change the future. When it done. It's a bit unfair, isn't it? Carrying all that baggage around with you <laughs> throughout lifetimes. <laughs> the difference is before, you didn't know you were carrying the baggage. Now you know that you're carrying baggage. That's the difference. That's called knowledge. <laughs> Now you're aware you're carrying baggage. What's the turnaround? So if you've done something like what, 10 years ago, do you have to, you know, how does it work? Like you're saying even in past lives, so how long can it go on for? Like, does it not, That's, like you've done that in the past life, surely I would have had to repay it somewhere nearer to the time, no? Do you know what I mean? Not necessarily, not necessarily. Desires follow you through all the lifetime. That's why you're born again because you have desires. It's the desires that propel you through each lifetime. Hence, they say, reduce your desires, eliminate your desires, then you're not reborn. You see, so it's desires that propel you. Now, when, you, when your past actions get dissolved, no one can tell, but you can do one thing is, for example, if you start studying the subject, the Gita, you start um, doing self-study, attend classes, put in effort, reduce your desires, learn the meaning of life. The future will change based on that action that you're doing. If you're reducing your desires, the future will change. Will it dissolve some of the, uh, the bad things we've done as well, or do we still have to do that bit? Absolutely. It depends on 
You see, it neutralizes all the negative things because you're now putting positive actions in. You have a choice either to do more negative things and add to it. It's like your bank balance. You can either spend a lot more and go into negative, or you can add more money to the bank and create savings. It's the same thing. Papa and Punya. What your actions you do is up to you. You want to do more Papa, then you have to deal with it. You want to do more Punya, then it'll be positive. So this is what we're saying. The ball's in your court. You have to deal with how you want to live life. Hence, the books like the Gita teaches you how to live your life in a positive way. It's a manual on how to live life. It teaches you how to live life in a positive way. But so we have to follow some sort of guidance because we don't know what's right and wrong. We don't know if we're living properly or not. That's why we need spiritual guidance. Any other questions? So probably it depends on how bad the negative balance is. How much you're in debt. And everyone's debt is, uh, is different. Okay. Uh, still has a question. No, it's, it's not a question. Uh, yeah. It's the thing that you said about focusing, isn't it? Mm. Do we keep focusing on our baggage yeah. that we have? Because we don't know how much baggage we've got. Or do we just put in the right cause now mm -hmm. and to keep thinking of the self rather than focusing on the baggage? Absolutely. So therefore, focus on the self. As Sittle says, you can either focus on the baggage and keep going outwards or absorb this knowledge and look inwards. And that will neutralize everything. This is what we're learning, how to do that. First, by being aware of it. We're just getting that awareness as we, from these classes. We still have to put in the effort. As, as Vanita said, how much baggage we have. Now you're aware of the baggage. Now it's up to you to reduce that baggage. That's where the effort comes in. Yeah, Vanita. So we have the baggage, but we also have the tool. Within. So we have both, right? We've, it's just how we, we justify what we're doing, isn't it? And the understanding. We have the tools. It's up to you how, if you use the tools or not. We're learning the tools in these classes. Okay, any questions? Final questions? Any clarifications? So next week we'll deal with the future, the karma, law of karma. How can we change it? What is this law of karma? So you all go back today much wiser take responsibility of your own life. Evaluate your thoughts, evaluate your desires, and then act on it cautiously. On that note, I'll say, have a good morning. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you.